Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into K'iche Mayan traditions. Our versions may not be the myth you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. And be warned, today's episode contains depictions of violence, dismemberment, and murder. Please exercise caution for listeners under 13. The hero twins, Shibalanke and Hunapu, knew it wouldn't be easy to take on the Lords of Death in a game of Pete's, but they didn't expect the ball to be alive. They scrambled backwards as a ghoulish skull creature with fiery red eyes lunged toward them. It slashed the air with a razor-sharp dagger. If Shibalanke and her brother were to defeat the Shibalbans, survive the game of death, and avenge their father, they had to think fast. Shibalanke sidestepped the skull's blade. She spun around and kicked the creature, sending it shooting like a rocket toward the wall of the Pete's court. A loud crack echoed across the underworld as the skull fell to the ground. Hunkane, one of the Lords of Death, shook his head at the hero twins. Foul! No kicking allowed in Pete's! No kicking? That's not even a ball! Our court, our rules. Have some honor! You invited us here, Lords of Death! This is how you treat your guests? Shibalanke could see the fire burning in her brother's eyes. If she didn't intervene, things would get out of hand fast. We didn't come here to fight. We came here to play. If you aren't serious about that, then we will go back to the Earthly Realm and let everyone know what poor sports you are. No, stay. We will play a fair game with your normal rubber ball. But on one condition. You agree to a friendly wager with us. Shibalanke studied Hunkane's face. Whatever the wager was, she was certain it would be far from friendly. Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Today, we're finishing the story of the hero twins and the game of death. This K'iche Mayan myth follows two young deities bent on avenging their father's death at the hands of the Shibalbans. Their adventure to survive the game of death takes them from the depths of the underworld to the very edges of the cosmos. Coming up, Hunapu and Shibalanke play for their lives. We will play a fair game with your normal rubber ball, but on one condition. You agree to a friendly wager with us. 
The hero twins, Shibalanke and Hunapu, stared up at Hunkane and Vukubkane, two of the Shibalbans, the lords of death. Five other Shibalbans watched the twins from massive thrones at the edge of the court. At the center line, the skull creature rolled back and forth, wailing in pain, before it finally retreated to the sidelines. Shibalanke knew the Shibalbans would play dirty. Her grandmother, Shmukane, warned of that, but she didn't expect them to use a living creature for a ball. She was afraid their proposal was just another trick. What would the Lords of Death call a friendly wager? Betting our heads? Eventually, yes, but not right now. Perhaps the living skull was a bit much. How about this for a peace offering? The next game will be played for flowers. Flowers? A simple bouquet picked from our lovely garden and presented to the winners. That seems friendly, wouldn't you say? Vukubkane gestured toward the multicolored lawn that sprawled across the main cavern of the underworld. Flowers of orange, red, blue, and yellow popped from the greenest grass Shibalanke had ever seen. She wasn't sure how such things could even grow this far underground. There was no sunlight, and the nearest river ran with blood rather than water. Shibalanke nodded to her brother and pulled her twin off to the side. What do you say, brother? Grandma said their hubris would be their downfall, and they seem quite sure of this wager. Then let's make these brutes pick us flowers. Shibalanke turned back to the waiting Lords of Death. Fine. We look forward to you giving us a bouquet. Funny. Just remember when you lose, I prefer irises. Let's play. Hunapu kicked the rubber ball into play. Hunkane bounced the ball back with his hip, sending it driving towards the opposite corner. Shibalanke raced to get there. The Shibalban court was much larger than the one at home. Just as it was about to hit the ground, she slid and bounced the ball off her hip. Perfect. She took a brief moment to enjoy the beauty of the arcing shot as it bounced off the black rock of the wall and took a hard turn downward. It was going to make it to the ground. He can't save it in time. We're going to score. Shibalanke could smell the sweet victory flowers already. Hunkane dove toward the ball, covering a huge distance in a single leap. The hard rubber bounced off of his thigh, and the ball flew high into the air. All Shibalanke could do was watch in stunned silence as it banked off the wall and rattled through the hoop attached to the top. Her heart sank. They had lost. The Shibalbans had won so fast, Shibalanke couldn't even blame it on cheating. They're better than us. It was a lucky shot. That wasn't luck. That was skill. We can't beat them, Hunapu. We are Hun Hunapu's children. They won't be so fortunate twice. 
Punapu pushed past her. He didn't seem to share her sense of dread. If anything, he was emboldened by the loss. He marched toward the lords and stood toe-to-toe with the massive Vukubkane. I want a rematch. Of course you do. And you shall get one. Just bring us our flowers first. A deal is a deal after all. Gladly. Hunapu and Shibalanke walked toward the garden. The flowers looked like they'd doubled in size since the beginning of the game. The bright, tropical buds were huge, nearly half as large as the twins. Shibalanke felt something was off. Dozens of crows circled above, each one large as a jaguar. All of them watched the twins intently. Wait! Hunapu froze, one toe away from the garden. I don't trust anything that comes from the mouth of the Shibalbins. Nothing is simple or friendly. Look at the way those crows are circling the garden. They look possessive, like the flowers are theirs. It's gotta be another trick. Everything we're going to face is a trap. None of this is fair. Hunapu, we should run right now. Shibalanke nodded toward the river of blood. The lords were far behind them. If they hurried, she was sure that the Shibalbans wouldn't be able to catch up before they crossed the rope bridge to the other side. We can't flee from our destiny. We must avenge our father. But what if our destiny is to lose? Do you want to die at the hands of the Shibalbans like he did? Grandma always said death was not the end. I believe our destiny is greater than perishing down here. If you want to hide in the cornfields back home, go ahead, but I'm staying. Deep in her heart, Shibalanke knew her brother was right. She couldn't let doubt consume her. If the lords can play loose with the rules, so can we. I'm not walking out to be attacked by those crows. Shibalanke knelt to the ground. She put her hands in the dirt and closed her eyes. She focused all her energy on using the one divine skill she had mastered. A tiny black ant emerged from beneath the ground, then another and another. Soon the lawn around them swarmed with ants. They crawled down from the ceiling and up from the dirt and gathered around Shibalanke. She pointed toward the garden. Little ants, obey me. Bring us a bouquet of flowers. The ants disappeared into the garden. One by one, brightly colored flowers fell from their stems. The crows kept circling, but did not attack. They were too big to notice the tiny creatures doing Shibalanke's bidding. Within moments, the ants had returned with enough flowers to create two beautiful bouquets. Shibalanke could see the disappointment in the Lords of Death's eyes as they approached the Pete's court. The twins held out their bouquets. You gathered the flowers, but how? A little help from some little friends. Now, are you ready for a real game? Of course. 
The she-balbins threw the flowers onto the ground and picked up the ball. It was time to play. The players bounced the ball back and forth from one side of the court to the other. Neither side could get the upper hand. Shibalanke's legs throbbed as the game dragged on. Minutes turned to hours. Her lungs burned in her chest. I don't know how much longer I can go on. You could do it for our father. For our father. Finally, after hours of ceaseless action with neither side getting a point, Hunkane threw his hands into the air. It's a tie! Shibalanke collapsed onto the ground, utterly spent. She couldn't help but laugh. They hadn't won, but they'd lived to play another day. We will play again tomorrow when we're all fresh. Why don't you stay here? Not far from here is the house we keep for only our most distinguished guests. We'll see you in the morning. Shibalanke limped along, arm in arm with her brother, toward the house made of shiny black coal. Its roof nearly reached the top of the cavern. Drained, Shibalanke shoved open the door and the pair of them entered. As they crossed the threshold, a cacophony of screeches and cries echoed off the ceiling. The air moved with the gusts of beating wings. Shibalanke looked up. Hundreds of red eyes stared down at her from the rafters. Bats, giant bats, run! The door won't open. Shibalanke, look out! Coming up, Shibalanke attempts their grandmother's greatest trick. We all have grief and traumas in our life, but that doesn't mean they have to control us. Hi, I'm David Kessler, host of Healing with David Kessler. For most of us, our instinct is to hide our pain and never discuss it. But as a grief and loss expert, I'm here to tell you, without a doubt, that talking is healing. Anger, abuse, guilt, shame, they're all part of grief and trauma. Healing with David Kessler gets to the root of these issues, shares tips for persevering, and reveals that behind every dark emotion lies wisdom and hope. Loss and trauma may seem overwhelming, but healing is possible, and I'm here to help. Healing with David Kessler is a Spotify original from Parcast. Hear a new episode every Tuesday, free and only on Spotify. Now back to the story.
Hunapu dove to the ground as a giant bat plummeted toward him. Shibalanke struggled with the door behind her as oversized leathery wings smacked against her head. Talons scratched her skin, tugged at her hair. The door refused to budge. Once again, the hero twins had walked into a trap. Get down! Shibalanke ducked just as two massive fangs snapped above her. In desperation, Hunapu raised his blowgun and started firing at the bats as they dove toward the twins' heads. I've never seen bats so huge! There must be hundreds of them. Hunapu, throw your blowgun on the ground! What? It's our only defense! You're almost out of darts anyway! Throw it down! Are you mad? Trust me. Hunapu dropped the blowgun. Shibalanke took a deep breath and tried to concentrate. The bats swarmed around her head, snapping and clawing at her face. Shibalanke raised her hands above her head, taking another deep inhale. She closed her hands as she brought them to her chest. Slowly, the ceiling drew further and further away. The bats doubled in size. Shibalanke looked to her brother. The spell was working. They were shrinking. Shibalanke had mastered her grandmother's spell. <laughs> it's working! The bats shrieked in confusion as they lost sight of the twins. The two continued to shrink until finally, Hunapu's blowgun was bigger than they were. Now, get inside! Shibalanke took her brother's hand and dove for the safety of the hollow tube, just as the bats once again found the ant-sized twins. They plunged through the air, aiming straight for the two of them. Shibalanke could hear the bats swarming and snapping outside, but inside, they were safe. The bats were too big to get in. I should have paid more attention. Of course this place was a trap. You were exhausted. We both were. Are you hurt? Just a few scratches. What about you? I'm fine. I can't believe that worked. I guess Grandma knew what kind of twisted games we'd be up against down here. Thank the heavens. Let's get some rest. We've got another game tomorrow. I can't wait to see the Sheepalbans' faces when we walk out of here alive. It'll be almost as good as beating them. Thank you, brother. If it wasn't for your strength, I don't know if I could have done this. Of course you could. It's your destiny. Our destiny. Shibalanke hugged her brother. She had never been so tired in all her life. She could still hear the bat wings flapping outside, but it didn't matter. Now she could rest easily. Shibalanke took one last look at Hunapu. His faith in her made her stronger. For the first time in her life, she thought there might be more to her than just tricks and schemes. She drifted off to sleep, confident that the two of them would finally overcome the Lords of Death.
Shibalanke awoke the next morning to the sound of the door creaking open, she sat up. Hunapu was already awake. They listened intently, not risking the smallest movement. You hear that? No wings. No screeching. It's quiet. The bats must be asleep. Shibalanke stretched and tiptoed toward the opening of the blowgun. She leaned out. Wait! Hunapu grabbed her by the arm and pulled her back. Let me go first, just to make sure we're safe. Hunapu pushed past his sister and stepped out into the house. He looked up toward the ceiling and smiled. It looks like they're asleep. Giant wings flapped overhead. Before Hunapu could move, two massive bat jaws snapped closed over his head. Blood spurted from his neck and his body fell to the floor, twitching. Hundreds of bats flew out of the open door. Shibalanke sank to her knees, crying. It felt like her heart had stopped beating. She had lost her other half. The hero twins were no more. The bat's squeaks faded away. Finally, Shibalanke wiped the tears from her eyes. She crawled out of the blowgun and brought herself and Hunapu back to full size. She wrapped her arms around her headless brother. As she did, she could feel a presence around her, but it wasn't the bats. It was something familiar. That smells like home. Shibalanke, can you hear me? Grandmother, is that you? What happened to Hunapu? The cornstalk he planted before you left has withered and turned black. Napu's dead. He's only dead if you allow him to be dead. The underworld isn't just about death. The river of life flows through it. If you can reattach your brother's head, you can revive him. Call upon the god Heart of Sky to bless it, and he will come back. Shibalanke wasn't sure if she believed her grandma, but she would have to try. Using all her strength, she dragged Hunapu's body out the front door and back into the cavern of Shibalba. Shibalanke saw all seven of the Lords of Death laughing in the distance as the bats dropped Hunapu's head into Vukubkane's lap. Vukubkane roared with delight as he jammed Hunapu's head onto a pike overlooking the Pete's court. The sight made Shibalanke's stomach turn. You were brave when I couldn't be, Hunapu. I won't let this be the end. I'll avenge you, but we'll avenge our father together. Shibalanke whistled. The soft tapping of rabbit's feet bounced across the bridge over the river of blood. She had once again called on the animals to aid her. Rabbit, I need your help. 
go to the Pete's court and hide on top of the wall near the pike with Hunapu's head. At my signal, jump and sprint towards the Shibaldins. The rabbit nodded and darted away from Shibalanke. She stared down the Lords of Death, smugly gathered around their thrones. She sucked in a deep breath, hefted her brother onto her back and shouted, I'll play you by myself! The Shibalbans laughed at her as she marched toward the court. She locked eyes with Hunapu's head overlooking the field. They were going down. Let's play. Fueled by vengeance, Shibalanke bolted down the court toward the incoming ball. She flung her hip toward the ball. It soared through the air and bounced off the very top of the wall. And then she whistled. On cue, the rabbit leapt from the top of the wall and arced through the air. The Shibalbans mistook the rabbit for the ball. They raced after the creature, trying to prevent it from hitting the ground. Shibalanke ran for the pike with her brother's head. She pulled it down to the ground and laid it atop his headless body. At the other end of the court, the Lords of Death skidded to a stop. That's not the ball! Turn around! Get it before it falls! Hunkane and Vukubkane desperately sprinted for the ball. Now's not the time to doubt Grandma. Heart of Sky, please bless my brother with life once more. Hunapu gasped and sat up, eyes wide in amazement. You're alive. So I am. Their reunion was cut short by the sound of Vukubkane returning the ball. It flew through the air, approaching the twins with increasing speed. Hunapu leapt from the ground and dove. Hunapu bounced the ball off his left thigh. It took a sharp angle up, straight for the hoop high upon the wall. The ball teetered for a moment, then squeezed through. Game over, Shibalbans. Shibalanke embraced her brother. Shibalanke, how did you bring me back? <laughs> I couldn't beat the Shibalbans on my own, could I? The two held each other tight. Finally, they had avenged their father. They had fulfilled their destiny. The Lords of Death marched up to the half-court line. Vukub Kane stared down at them. Congratulations, hero twins. You have defeated us. Too bad we're going to kill you anyway. Coming up, Shibalanke devises one final cosmic scheme. Now back to the story. Shibalanke stood slack-jawed, staring at the Lords of Death. She couldn't believe what she had just heard. Despite the fact that the hero twins had defeated the Shibalbans, they were still going to die? What's the meaning of this? We won! But we make the rules down here. You played the game admirably, 
better than even the great Hoon Hoonapu. But we are the Lords of Death, and we decide who dies. Today, that's you two. Did you not just see me bring my brother back to life? What makes you think I can't do it again? It was a nice trick. We're going to tear you into so many tiny pieces. No one will ever be able to put you back together again. Hunapu pulled Shibalanke to the side, just out of earshot of the Shibalbans. Shibalanke, when I was dead, I wasn't completely gone. My spirit was still alive. I, I could still hear you, but everything was red. It, it was like I was drowning in blood. Drowning in blood? Like in a river? I guess. We walked over a river of blood, remember? Hunapu, I think that's it. Grandma told me the underworld isn't just for the dead. It's also a place of rebirth. Blood is vital to life. What if when you died, your spirit went into that river? Before Hunapu could speak, Shibalanke spun towards the Shibalbans and bowed her head. If you're going to kill us, can I make one final request? That only seems fair. What can we do for you? Well, almighty Hunkane, after you've killed us, would you scatter our bodies into the Red River there? Strange request, but I think we can accommodate that. Now, Hero Twins, on your knees. You two have represented the Earthly Realm well. You will forever have our respect. Shibalanke and Hunapu kneeled. Hunkane grabbed a long, gleaming axe from beside the court and raised it high. Shibalanke reached out for her brother's hand and gave it a squeeze. I hope whatever you're planning works, sister. Me too. The Lord of Death swung his axe. Hunapu's head once again rolled off his shoulders and onto the ground. Shibalanke took a deep breath as Hunkane lifted the axe once more. Shibalanke barely felt the blade touch the back of her neck before her world went black. Shibalanke came too. She wasn't sure where she was, but it felt like she was floating. Everywhere she looked was red. She could feel a current flowing against her face. She was in the river of blood. Hunapu's spirit floated beside her. High above her, Shibalanke could hear the sound of something being thrown into the river. Drifting down through the blood was Shibalanke's head, followed by her hands, then her arms and legs. She watched as her dismembered limbs sank to the river bottom. Her brother's body was already piled in a heap below. Shibalanke, Hunapu, your stalks have wilted, but not for long. Death has no power over you. Your destiny is in front of you. Shibalanke watched in amazement as the bodies quickly began to reassemble themselves. They feel different. Yeah, tingly, powerful. 
Shibalanke's physical body floated toward her spirit. A powerful light glowed from within her as her two halves merged together as one whole. Shibalanke closed her eyes. Somehow, though it was miles away in the earthly realm, she could see her grandmother smiling as the cornstalks slowly perked up. Shibalanke's eyes popped open. The twins shot upwards and burst through the surface. Shibalanke and Hunapu hovered over the river. Currents of energy radiated from their bodies and blinding light shone from their eyes. The lords of death gawked at them. Not even Vukub Kane could hide his bewilderment. What have we done? Dear gods. Shibalanke felt power flow through her veins. She could hear and see everything all at once. She was more than just alive. She could feel the universe inside her. Shibalanke pointed toward the house of bats and snapped her fingers. In an instant, the stone house crumbled. Dust and debris rose high into the air. Shibalanke nodded to her brother. Hunapu raised his hand and snapped his fingers. The house rebuilt itself. Shibalanke and Hunapu floated down toward the Lords of Death. The Shibalbans cowered in fear. Vukub Kane's mouth hung open, stuttering as he tried to form a response. Shibalanke didn't give him a chance. She snatched the axe from Hunkane's hand and buried it deep into Vukub Kane's skull. The mighty Vukub Kane fell to his knees, blood pouring from his head. Shibalanke ripped the axe free and held it high in the air. You Shibalbans have been so wrapped up in death and destruction that you never cared to learn about what flowed right in front of you, the river of life. How have you done this? Who are you? We are Shibalanke and Hunapu, the children of Hun Hunapu. Not only have we defeated you on the court, but even at death. From this day forward, you will never kill another god. Shibalanke tossed the axe into the river of blood. She glared down at Hunkane, who immediately dropped to one knee before the hero twins. One by one, the other lords of death followed suit. Shibalanke took her brother's hand and flew through the ceiling of the cavern. No realm had hold over them now, earthly or underworld. The twins flew upward until they floated among the heavens. Everything around Shibalanke was black and silent. Her body glowed a bright orange. In amazement, she turned to her brother. He had become a white, shiny orb of a spirit. We are the light of the world now, my brother. You are the moon. And you are the sun. Death has no dominion over us. 
We will die and be reborn every day. A symbol of hope for all those below. Shibalanke watched as her light filled up the earthly realm. For the first time, there was a sun. The creatures below basked in her life-giving warmth, but the far side of the earth still sat in darkness. Hunapu rose into the sky. Shibalanke's light reflected off of him, growing soft and pale as it shone on the dark side of the earth. The two twins, floating among the cosmos, locked eyes. They had found their destiny. The game of Pete's was important for all Mesoamerican people. It was so popular with the Aztecs that at the height of their empire, the capital alone requested thousands of rubber balls a year. For millennia, the ball game settled everything from land disputes to wars, and a few accounts even suggest the defeated players sometimes lost their heads. When Spanish colonizers arrived in the 16th century, they became enamored with the game, even bringing back players to Spain to showcase it for the king. Their wonder soon turned to fear, and the game of Pete's gradually became less widespread throughout Mesoamerica. However, the game, like the people, persevered. Pete's is still played to this very day, though obviously with less fatal consequences. For the Quiche Mayans, the hero twins were both their ancestral heroes and their gods. Their society made little distinction between mythology and history. In the Popol Vuh, the Quiche Mayan text that contains their story, the myth ends when the twins become the sun and moon, watching over their people. Like Pete's and Mayan culture in general, the colonial Spanish treated the stories presented in the Popol Vuh as something to be suppressed and destroyed. But they couldn't kill the tale of Shibalanke and Hunapu, just like the Lords of Death couldn't. The hero twins remained, serving for centuries as symbols of hope, renewal, and perseverance. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. If you enjoy Mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Every Wednesday, we dive into the dark origins of classic fables. We'll be back next week with another epic story. Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Mythology was written by Jesse Harris, with writing assistance by Molly Quinlan and Robert Teamstra, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Tiana Camacho, Joe Hernandez, and Kai Jordan. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Hi, I'm David Kessler, host of 
Healing with David Kessler. As an expert on grief and loss, I know that healing doesn't mean forgetting or getting over the trauma. It means that the trauma no longer controls you. Join me each week for insights on how to find peace and learn how it's possible to persevere through anything. Healing with David Kessler is a Spotify original from Parcast. Listen every Tuesday, free and only on Spotify.